Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? Welcome to episode number 43. Um, I have a great chat uh, in store for you with um, a really dear friend, mentor, um, <laughs> co-conspirator in, uh, in many, uh, many ways. Um, his name is Bart Smith. Bart is 75 years young. Amazing individual. Um, he's helped me with Hellbender. Um, he was, you know, instrumental in helping me gain, um, the permits that we needed for Hellbender. We dealt with so many different entities, um, you know, between the governmental entities, which, uh, you know, included the forest service, um, the, uh, state parks, uh, even the North Carolina department of transportation. Uh, we had to, you know, talk to the, um, all the emergency, um, um, 
responders, uh, which would include the rescue teams, uh, local police agencies, fire, um, search and rescue, all of those. Um, Bart, you know, was was really amazing and and reaching out and having that consistency um, in a voice that we needed to uh, to organize uh, the Hellbender 100. So, um, you know, I, I Bart was uh, just. A fantastic friend and uh, and partner in, in working on on that race. I couldn't have done it without him. Um, he uh, he joined the Runny to Eight board um, when I was serving on that, and um, really uh, just a strong member of our community. Um, and um, Bart, as you'll hear, has so much experience um, in his youth. Um, he started out as a speed skater and um, and sought and and chased after and gained multiple American records in speed skating. And then, uh, um, well, not, and then he always was a, uh, a runner, a trail runner, a road runner, um, and, um, just has a lot of insights, um, and, uh, and, and recommendations and tips for all of us in, uh, in how to enjoy running and be successful at running and run long term. you know, obviously 75 years, um, 75 years old and and still plugging away uh, just uh we'll, we'll talk about everything he does and um some of the tips he has stories he shares just a great great you know guest great conversation um i love you bart i really appreciate your time and and everything you do um thank you for all of your guidance uh for me the mentorship and looking after me and you know everything you do i appreciate you so without further ado i present to you mr bart smith my guest here, as I said in the introduction, is uh, Mr. Bart Smith. Bart, how are you today? Good, doing great. Excellent. So, um, you're healthy. You're staying healthy, yeah. <laughs> Good. That's yep. all that matters right now. Um, yeah. Go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Yeah, um, yeah, Bart Smith. Um, living here in Asheville, North Carolina, for the last twelve years, and uh, born in Lake Charles, Louisiana, Southern boy. But I wasn't there very long. Raised in Southern California, fortunately in the foothills of the Angeles National Forest. Um, beautiful spot uh, for a um, yeah for a yeah, wired teenager it was a great spot to be. Um, yeah, I got interested in speed skating when I was about 13, 14 years old, and uh, couldn't have picked a better time to get interested in speed skating because we had half of the Olympic team uh, represented from Southern California. Uh, this was during the Squaw Valley Olympics in 1960. And... Uh, so, yeah, that kind of gives you an idea of uh, my age. I'm 75. And uh, anyway, I've had many good mentors uh, during my uh, developing years in speed skating. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, I was very fortunate, very lucky. I had good, good mentors around me and uh, solid people. Um, I eventually became yeah, relatively good, uh, placed well in uh, state championships indoors, uh, had an interest to go into the outdoor arena, which 
that meant having to go to the Midwest or to Canada, uh, which, which I did. Uh, so I spent uh, my first winter in um, you know, Minneapolis area and uh, later that winter in uh, Red Deer, Alberta and learning the ropes of outdoor skating. It was, um, it was like learning to skate over again, but how old were you then? And had some good uh, c coaching uh, when I came back to California to, to help me develop. Uh, so, yeah, one thing led to another. Following season, a couple of uh, North American outdoor records, 3,000 meters, 5,000 meters, uh, drew the attention of a coach in Norway, in Hamar, Norway, Jost Tenman, who uh, invited me to train with his team in Hamar, Norway. So, uh, the following year, I uh, headed, headed that direction and uh, uh, did well. I basically accomplished the majority of my goals, which was uh, uh, setting uh, American records for 3,000, 5,000 meters, racing the World Championships in 1965, where I first set the uh, American record for 5,000 meters. And uh, we broke that a couple of times. And uh, then got an offer to uh, go to engineering school over there. So all, all said and done, I was uh, spent about uh, almost 15 years in Norway between skating for six seasons and going to engineering school, working for a couple of contractors and consulting engineers. Yada, yada. What uh, time period of your life was that? How old were you? Yeah, when I went over, I was, uh, see, I would have been 19. I went over to Norway. Yeah. Very good. And how did you do at the world championships? I, well, like I said, broke the American record. I did not qualify for the final event, the 10,000, but um, I, I didn't, I didn't really believe I had that uh, uh, was, was that well, I was ready to, to skate that level, but uh, broke the American record. I was pretty happy with that. And um uh, Got to skate at uh, Bislett Stadium. That was uh, quite an adventure. So 20,000, 25,000 spectators, you know, most of which were maybe sober. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was awesome. So got to skate on the big stage, which I did for a couple of years. Um, over there, yeah, it was uh, yeah, a great experience. This, it was kind of at that time, speed skating was on a level like uh, Major League Baseball is here. So, yeah, it opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah, not so many here. Opened a lot of doors. That's awesome. When did your uh, speed skating skating career end? Yeah, when I started school, uh, I'm in my second year of engineering school. It just it was just the studies were too demanding. I had to, uh, so I, I kind of I pretty much packed it up. Uh, I guess it would have been the winter of uh, 70, 71. Um, and uh, you know, during that time, did a lot of running. Uh, fast, my first speed skating coach uh, back in the California days, he encouraged me to begin running to build my condition. So. Uh, and I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed running. I was, um, you know, living in, right on the edge of the Nash, Angeles National Forest, where the where uh, they had the um, you know, Angeles Crest uh, hundred miler right in that vicinity. In fact, I ran a lot of those trails they use for that race today. So it was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed running, and uh, had a couple of skating coaches actually told me uh, that, hey, Bart, you ever considered? 
focusing on running, and, but skating was my first love. So that's what, but it was, uh, yeah, it was good. So uh, skating re uh, required a lot of weight training. In fact, that's what propelled me to the level I got to was uh, doing a lot of, a lot of heavy weights. So building strength, strength sport. So, where you know. did, uh, did running uh, continue when you were in Norway? Like after you stopped skating, did you continue to run or did you just take a break? Yeah. From sport? I ran, uh, I ran the uh, Holman Colon uh, relay uh, a couple of years. And uh, one year I ran the, uh, what they call the Charmode Atopin, which is the, uh, the, the uh, what do we call, I guess the, uh, the glory stage where you actually run into the stadium so, and you hand off uh, for your, your last uh, stage, which is uh, about uh, a 300-meter run. But, um, yeah, I got to, got to do that. And um, so, yeah, I was running uh, over there and continued running after I st uh, stopped uh, skating and competed in, uh, you know, in uh, basically, yeah, club level. All club right. Level yeah. Great. Awesome. Um, and when did, I mean, I mean, obviously trail running has kind of, as you said, been a part of your life for, you know, since you were young, um, being next to Angeles National Forest. Um, when did um, ultra running come into the picture for you? Yeah, it came in, uh, you know, competitively, it came in after I uh, moved uh, here to Asheville. So it's just been the last few years um, that I got into um you know, the longer events, moving up from the marathon, I ran like uh, 25, I don't know, 25, 30 marathons. And then uh, when I moved to Asheville, there was, uh, of course, there was a, a blooming interest in uh, throughout the country uh, for the ultras and thought, yeah, why not? Give it a try. And uh, on the trails, it was uh, even more appealing. So, yeah, so it was uh, kind of a natural hand and glove situation, um, especially living here. You know, we just live a uh, what hundred yards away from the mountain of sea trail where we live right now. So it's uh, easy access and um, yeah, love it. Easy on the body. <laughs> what was your first ultra? Yeah, oh, golly, when was that? Uh, first, very first ultra would have been um, oh Dupont. Yeah, the uh, I forget what they call it, Hickory Mountain. Yeah, yeah. 50k. Yeah. Okay. And what's the longest ultra you've done? 50 miles. 50 miles. Yeah, I've done it. Well, actually, yeah, I've done a 50 miler, and uh, and that was uh, yeah, that was uh, what six, seven years ago, I guess. Uh, eight years. Time's Which flying. One? But, uh, yeah, and then some timed events, which, you know, for 12-hour timed events, which the goal was always to get to 50 miles. Got close several times and finally made it uh, last October. Yeah. 11.34, I barked across the 50-mile barrier. Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of that time frame where you were seriously speed skating was around the time a lot of um, actual uh, physiological uh, developments were being made for coaching. Um, so science was starting to catch up with uh, how to train folks, and we were getting uh, new principles in training. 
Um, did, were there any parallels that you saw between um, uh, speed skate training and um, running training? Because, I mean, you were skating the 5,000 and 10,000, and I imagine you were also running and racing that same distance. Um, what parallels could you say were, you know, we're seeing between the two in training? Um, the, the, just a year before I went to Norway, um, a fellow took over the, uh, uh, Norwegian, uh, national team by the name of Stein Jonsson and Stein based his, uh, his principles on, uh, the Lydiard, Arthur Lydiard. Yeah. Um, same concept, same buildup, the same sharpening, uh, very identical. And we basically took the base building uh, well into the fall and did not begin any kind of sharpening type training uh, until we were actually on the ice. Uh, there were some that tried to do it on, on the dry land, but it just didn't translate and you just basically uh, ruined a lot of your base. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of similarities, but it was very similar. I mean, we were basically using literary principles. Uh, we had more weights. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, recommended, but yeah, we were doing training, but yeah, same. So yeah. you got into uh, phase two, which I just went through and, and talked to the listeners about, um, it, you know, that's Lydiard's hill training phase where he does plyometrics. Um, were you guys incorporating plyometrics as well, or were you doing um, more strength training in that phase? Well, um, I guess I, I need to back up this a little bit. Um, when before I went to Norway, uh, a fellow who was who had a Roy Wallace who had a tremendous impact on my training uh, to getting ready uh, and built me up to uh, my success in Canada. Um, he had uh, he was heavy into the uh, Russian mythology. Uh, he had a couple of books translated uh, from Russian into English. And so we were, um, at that time, uh, big and basically building the engine, build the engine, build the engine. That was all it was, it was about. So there was a, yeah, but you had periods and blocks where it was just, um, you know, long, slow distance, but always the underlying tone was building the engine. So that was the same time you're doing that. You're doing, you know, you're, you're squatting with uh, 250 pounds on up. Um, so a lot of, uh, yeah, just build, that was, like I say, it was building engine. That was the whole concept behind it. Uh, the idea was that, yeah, you move into that arena, uh, the first couple of years, you're, you're not, you're going to be very strong, but you're not going to be that quick. Uh, didn't, it didn't quite work out that way for me. And next, after a year of that, man, I was ripping it up. So I was, I was, uh, <laughs> It worked out very well for me. Um, so, and, and it's kind of interesting as, as time went on and I've gotten older, uh, we, I moved from building the engine and I, I, I hung on to that. Even when I was training with uh, Tenman and, and Hamar, I was still uh, keeping the weights up, uh, more weights, more uh, heavy stuff, deadlifts, uh, more than the other guys were. Uh, so I, I, cause I knew it worked for me. So I wasn't if it works, don't you know, don't try to fix it. Um, so I, I stuck with that. Um, so I was still in that building engine. And then as time went on, you start you're more tuning. 
almost like year round, you're tuning and tuning and tuning. And so I kind of took that with me when I, you know, got a skating and just was running for the fun of it and enjoying the, the trails and mountains over there running. Uh, it was still kind of in this uh, tuning mode, still trying to do some, you know, heavy stuff once in a while, uh, you know, big hills, steep hills, um, all uh, uh, Percy Cerruti type stuff. But um, it was, um, yeah, it was more more tuning oriented. And now I find as I'm getting older and uh, where health, strength and flexibility and agility is uh, and ballistic strength, I find myself, I'm back into this uh, build the engine thing again. That's, that's what's working for me now. So, um, and it, it, and it does, and it does, uh, it's not, it's, it's more health, health enhancing as well, I believe, at least for me. Yeah. Well, let, let's touch on that. Uh, so at 75, what does strength training and mobility work look like for you? I'm pretty much, uh, you know, I, I got into the back into the heavy deadlifts for a while, but uh, it just, it didn't seem like it was having the same effect that uh, I had when I was, I was younger. So I've really, I've graduated uh, to uh, kettlebells, uh, swing, get-ups, uh, goblet squats, and I have a pretty fixed routine that I use, uh, you know, year-round. I've been doing that for three years now, and uh, I can finally do a get-up now with a little bit of weight and um, – uh, a lot of a lot of core strength. I couldn't believe how weak I was, and uh, something I found out here just a few years ago when I was getting some rehab for a back problem is uh, my glutes weren't firing. You know, I guess I sit on them too much, but uh, for a speed skater to hear his glutes aren't firing, that's like telling a piano he's got, a piano player's got hangnails and all you know all ten fingers. You know, so uh, that was a, that was a that was a blow to the ego. And so I, I, I took up the heart and that's, that's why I was having back problems because all the forces were going to my hamstrings and my lower back. So once I got the, uh, the glutes going again, uh, all that cleared up. And uh, that's the thing I like about the swings that you're, you're doing them properly. You're really going after the glutes and working that hinge. And uh, that has been a huge benefit uh, to be able to, at uh, this age, enjoy running and r- running long distances, being out there all day and enjoying it and um, feeling everything uh, working and come together. So, I, um, so that's, that's so my strength work has really gone to the kettlebells. And um, that's uh, I think I'm getting more uh, instead of just, uh, I should say, instead of just raw strength it's more uh focused on ballistic strength which is very important as you get older you know yeah stumble on something you got to have all those little muscles got to fire too so you don't go flat on your face and say hello to mother earth real quick (laughs) do you do anything else i mean those are very good exercises for helping mobility um but do you do anything else that helps you with your uh your range of motion and mobility yeah, I have a routine I do every morning. It's a 20-minute routine, a kind of a combination of uh, uh, what the boys at, uh, at Cornerstone uh, Physical Therapy taught me to keep these glutes going and to kind of take care. I do have a, I do have a, a herniated disc, L5, S1. Good old L5, S1, man. There it is. Um, uh, so I, uh, I do th- – 
uh, I do a routine that uh, takes that into account. Uh, certain thing I know that keeps that healthy, and I incorporate some um, some, some yoga uh, to uh, you know keep things loosened up. Um, yeah, learned some good things this last two years on uh, on stretching. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, it's just uh, I'm, I'm very you know, I'm had come across this guy as uh, Paul. Uh, to Sotzelin, who is the guy that they say brought the kettlebell to America. Um, he's uh, he's uh, through strong first. I've gotten a lot of good in, in insight there, how to stretch, how to strengthen, and uh, you know keep your body uh, tuned up so you can rise to the cage when it comes up. Yeah. Um, what do you do pre-run? What does your pre-run look like? Just before you go running, do you do any type of warm-up then? Yeah, I might uh, uh, usually I've already done my 20 minute routine in the morning. So I got everything, you know, so I'm, I'm not hobbling around the house. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up and ready to go. Uh, I might do some, um, you know, what do you call it? The, the uh, good morning. Um, oh, morning salute. Do that. Might do a few of those before I got the door. But usually just, yeah, just. Get my uh, by the time I'm done my 20 minute routine and uh, got my clothes on. I'm I'm ready. I'm set to go. Good. Um, anything that you have learned that you need to avoid? Uh, any type of uh, stretches or um, any type of well, you're talking about like deadlifts just weren't working for you, but any strength training, you know, um, like you know things that you just you know are going to be more detrimental to you. At this point in life, ah, let's see. Um, let's see. Now, I, yeah, I can't really recall things. You, know, you just you try something. I'm, I'm a, I try it. And I give it a fair chance. If it doesn't work. I discard it. Uh, so I, and I don't even give it a second thought. I just keep moving forward. Uh, things I try to avoid. Um, yeah, as far as uh, I, I stay out of the, um, I stay away from the lactic acid baths that uh, we did a lot when I was skating and was there was a fair amount of um, when I was uh, running, you know, like I say, with more of a tuning mode. I, uh, I've kind of gone more to, this and this goes back to my former days, the engine building was, uh, you know, they're claiming this uh, anti-glycolytic uh, training is something new. I mean, you're a, Russians were doing that back in the back in the fifties, and that's what they were recommending for all their um, up and coming uh, skaters. So uh, I, I I still I, I do that. Still, I try to avoid. Um, you know, once in a while I go out and hammer, but that's that's a rare. I try to avoid that because it takes at this age it takes too long to recover. Yeah. You no, know, um, you you know you do a twelve hour event. You're not going. You're not. Plastic acid is not an issue. So, uh, and uh, having gone um, uh, with the optimal fat metabolism uh, uh, here about th three years ago, uh, recovering from the long events is, uh, yeah, goes pretty quick, pretty painless actually. I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty good the day after a 12 hour 50 miler. I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, it takes a, maybe a month to really get back, so it's uh, you, you really feel sharp. But uh, golly, 
compared to what it used to be. I mean, no delayed onset muscle soreness, no dooms on second day after a, after an event or a big run, none of that. Yeah, so it's um, that, that's that's had a huge impact on my health as well. Going, um, big impact. So, uh, I, you you just kind of touched on recovery there, but um, what does it look like for you after an event? Are there specific things that you're doing, or um, um, you know, eating, or you know, what are you doing specifically to uh, to help you recover? Anything specific? Yeah, you just make sure I drink plenty. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Man, avoiding, avoiding sweets. You know, um, I can actually, I can, I can go into the store. I can go into a bakery or just store, go by the bakery department. I can walk by a dozen chocolate chip cookies now and not even miss a stride. I mean, I'm just, I move right on by them. So. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't miss it. You know, I feel, um, yeah, I, uh, once in a while, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have something sweet. And then, uh, yeah, if I'm cautious about it, it's no big deal, but sometimes go overindulge and think, you know, why did I do that to myself? You know, <laughs> like a recovering alcoholic, man. So yeah, this was my downfall before. None of that no more. No, I'm done with that. Well, I mean, as, as you also touched on, you know, you've seen a number of trends come and go, um, what, uh, what are some that keep reappearing in running and that you feel should probably hang around? Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Personally, yeah. Long, slow distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long, slow distance. That kind of, the, the secret that. Yeah, like, and people say, well, long, slow distance will make you slower. Well, yeah, because you're moving your legs slower. Come on, man. <laughs> pick, up the, pick up the tempo. You know, I mean, make to make long, slow distance effective, uh, you you still have to maintain your cadence. You've got to maintain your rhythm uh, that you're going to use when you're trying to go faster. So if you have a good racing stride, it's 170, 180 uh, strides a minute. That's what you need to be moving your legs at when you're running slow too. So, uh, um, yeah, that's to me. That's a secret to long slow distances uh, is moving. Keep you keep your cadence. Keep your maintain your cadence. And you go back and look at the journals of uh, Arthur Newton. You know, um, he he maintained when he was doing he was twenty daily twenty milers. Uh, he said his uh, cadence was one hundred and ninety per minute. So that's why it worked for him. You know, if you're moving your legs at about walking pace at a running stride, not going to work. So you got to maintain the cadence rhythm. Got to have it. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Long slow distance and uh, strength work. Yeah. Yeah. The hills, the weight room. Yeah. Make yourself strong. Very important. Excellent. Um, so uh, let's talk about the the mental game. Um, like you know, as uh, as we get older, you know, we we start to hit our uh, our mid forties and beyond. We start to uh, have that. Oh, I used to be able to. You know, I remember when I could. We have these thoughts, right? Um, so 
if you uh, if you had some some suggestions, maybe uh, aside from like don't have those thoughts, <laughs> um, how do you um, mentally deal or cope with uh, with those kind of uh, those thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you're you're going to slow down. Um, I mean, I, there's no. 15 minute five K's in my future. Um, and, uh, I mean, you you can basically, you you can, if you, if you're totally performance oriented, I think you should focus more on, okay, now I'm in my fifties. What can I do in my fifties, you know, and start over again. And the same thing when you're in sixties or just go from year to year. Uh, I, I think really the, the the enjoyment of running, I mean, okay, you get the medals, you get the trophies, you get the prizes, you know, um, what, what is the, what, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Snell, you know, Peter Snell, you know, no bugles, no drums, you know, after world records, it's, um, you, you should be out there for the enjoyment. Now that, that's this, this, the beauty of being able to move yourself and move effectively, move painlessly. That's, that's the beauty of running. And uh, that stays with you, whether you're running a, you know, 1430 for 5K or running a 2530 or, or slower. The thing is you're moving and, and you're keeping, making yourself healthy. And that's, that's the prize you walk away with at the end of the day and take home with you is that feeling of well-being. Uh, that's, that's more important. And you put the plaque on your wall, hallelujah. You know, you don't feel very good. Everything's aching and, you know, yeah. <laughs> complaining. What's it worth? You know, the main thing is uh, stick with running and uh, to be able to be out there and moving and enjoying the outdoors and uh, enjoying the ability to move yourself and uh, just the overall health benefit, health, yeah, the health benefits, both physically and mentally. Um, so far as races go, you know, talking about races, um, and obviously you've moved into the, the ultra world, what type of adaptations, um, have you made, uh, to cope with, you know, the, the aging process? What, what kind of things do you do to make sure that you can be as successful as you can? Uh, thinking psychologically or, or physically? Both. Yeah, both. So, um, yeah, I th- well, okay. F- physically, I think, you know, we already kind of touched on that is, is, uh, you've got to maintain your strength. I mean, that's the muscle mass is, is your, your biggest deterrent as you get older, you're, you're losing it so quickly and you have to be after it all the time. Every day you got to be after it. Um, at least in my experience, uh, you have to be doing something strength oriented every day. It's like brushing your teeth. Um, as far as, uh, because endurance is, uh, just endurance. It, it actually, it's not that, I don't think it's that hard to maintain as you get older. I think you're more endurance prone as you get older. Um, the psychological aspects of, uh, dealing with, uh, slowing down. Well, Okay, you pay a hundred bucks entry fee. You're going to be out there a couple hours more. You're getting your, you're getting a better deal up for your money than the guy. That <laughs> <laughs> guy is racing half the time you are, you know. So, um, 
yeah, it's just, um, yeah, for me, it hasn't been that, uh, hasn't been a brutal transition for me. I just, uh, and I think that's because even when I got into skating, I, I just, the idea of skating in some of these places and in Norway and Sweden, wherever was just, that was, that was a dream to be able to be there and do it and uh, do it well. Um, so it was, um, the journey was of more importance than the destination you might say. So, yeah. When do we get there? <laughs> Let's talk about one other component of, uh, of training. You know, we've, we've touched on the endurance, uh, you know, the LSD and, um, we talked about strength, um, but um, how about speed? Do you still do some speed workouts? Yes, yeah, that's kind of that's uh, yeah. Basically, it's it's um, uh, more along the lines of stride work. Okay, strides. Yeah, no, no four hundreds. You know, do you do any type of like fart lick or? Uh... Yeah, you you can Yeah, you you basically yes. Yeah, that's basically what it boils down to. I mean, I, I just kind of uh, keep my uh, efforts to around, uh, you know, uh, 20, maybe 30 seconds or less. Yeah, I just, you know, maintain nose breathing. That's, a, that's a, you know, how does, this, how does the saying go? Um, uh, you, if you own your breath, no one can steal your peace. Um so yeah, I can maintain nose breathing. When I can't do that, I know I'm gone. I need to back off a little bit or, or shorten a little bit. So it's um, I, I think that that's been a good, very good uh, litmus test as to how far I'm, how far I'm into the well I'm going. So um, that's that's been a major um, uh, help a guide for me anyway. And uh, but yeah, yeah, I do the maybe try to keep it total or under three minutes and you know, you can do it again tomorrow. If you can't, then you probably went a little too hard, you know, but at least uh, twice a week, you're, 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 you're definitely really focusing on it. And then just kind of, kind of just uh, greasing the groove the other days, but yeah, three minutes of, um, you know, 90% short burst, take a good, you know, take a good rest in between. Uh, I think the guideline of, uh, you know, 15, 20 seconds, uh, every three minutes is probably a good, good place to start. You know, you got to find out, you know, where you're at physically, what you tolerate, you know, constantly, um, especially as you age, you got to constantly, uh, pay attention to yourself. Nothing's hewn in stone, but you got some guidelines you can work with. that gives you a good starting point. What is your uh, weekly cycle? Do you still do seven day cycles or have you expanded it beyond that? Yeah. You know, you get to this day, you better run every day. (laughs) (laughs) Might might wake up tomorrow morning on the other side. Oh, (laughs) no, I I, I like to get out every day. You know, Uh, if I, if I, feel like I got a, a kink or something I need to kind of work out. I'm just maybe walking more than I'm uh, running, but uh, yeah, basically running seven days a week. Yeah. That works for me. You know? I, I uh, you know, so at the end of the week, you know, I'm somewhere between 40 and 50 miles. So, so you're uh, a run 
and every week too. Uh, so like a seven day cycle, it'll have um, a long run every seven day cycle. Uh, yeah, a longer, a longer one. Yeah. A longer run, maybe, you know, maybe three hours. I don't go much further than that. That seems to be, I, I guess that, you know, when I was younger, uh, well, I could still go out and do an all day hike. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, spend the whole day out there walk up and down the hills, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, that's just fun. You know, I don't think of it as training. It's just out there moving. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, out there for, um, usually my day is about every day is between two and three hours, everything running weights, stretching. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, I also think about being retired, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, when the kids move out of the house the dog dies when life starts right <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> oh. um talk about how you set up your your racing season um you uh recently you completed the uh the buffalo mountain the endurance 12-hour run and you got 50 miles in there um talk about how you set up your season so it built you up to that Oh boy, you know in this, uh, this COVID times, it's kind of uh, a little tricky. Uh, who's going to have a race and who isn't? Um, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I usually try to have some kind of a uh, an event. Uh, you know, no more than six months out. A little carrot out there dangling in front of you, keep you motivated, keep you composed. Um, yeah, so it's just you know, getting prepped, you know, for it. Uh, yeah, it's nice to have that in the back of your mind. Plus, the camaraderie of just being there with everybody—it's just it's great. So I might might throw in something, you know, uh, in between, but you know, jump into a half marathon or something like that along the way. But uh, it's kind of more spontaneous rather than planned for. But uh, yeah, I try to do something every six months. So. Um, that, that works for me. Some people might need more motivation, but, um, that, that seems to be the kind of the cycle I've fallen into the last four or five years. So, Did you have any, any other, um, uh, like markers that you wanted to hit along that route? Like, did you want to try to hit a 50 K in route to your training for the 50 miles or you, you were, um, no, not not now. I mean, I, I probably would have done that before, but not not now. I mean, uh, like I say, uh, uh, if it's uh, you know, if you're really gunning for a, a top pl- uh, position, you know, in the field, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, kind of really see where you're at, but um, yeah, at this uh, point in life, it's not that. Uh, I mean, if one came up, everyone to do, I'd probably do it. But the thing is, you got to keep in mind at 75, it's going to take a while to recover. You know, you don't want to take the edge off it. If you can, you know, before I could, you know, back my, when I was 50, back in the day, you know, you could do a, you know, you could do a, a half or something like that before uh, a month for a marathon and be ready to go. You know, it was a good, good tune up. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, not that uh not that critical at this time what uh what age did you kind of sense that you know it, it wasn't worth that build up you know that build up race or that build up mileage marker 
Uh, what age? Ah, gosh, I don't uh, You know, it just kind of evolves. I can't. I, I can't remember waking up one morning and saying, "Well, Bart, no more tune-up races." You know, I, I don't. It just. Uh, yeah, you've done enough marathons. You kind of know what you need to do uh, to get ready for a, a, a big marathon, uh, depending how training's going. That tune-up race not, might not be such a good idea. The training hasn't gone that well. You might just want to carry your build-up up until about two weeks before. But, um, uh, yeah, I just kind of kind of evolved on its own. You just uh, – you, you just you, – Got that, you have that event six months out, and um, that, that's all you need to keep it going. Now, if you're somebody who needs motivation, like, you know, you're that competitive, uh, have that competitive urge, and you need to keep that, uh, to keep it fine tuned. Um, yeah, might be a consideration, but it's uh, not, a, not an issue for my, myself anyway. Uh, healthy, so, man. <laughs> We've, um, We've had a, a few guests where we kind of talk about um, people interested in getting into trail running, um, you know, and um, any any kind of tips that you might have for for those that, you know, they're they're thinking about it. But, the, you know, they, they might have some hesitations or some reservations, um, just, you know, concerns perhaps with safety or um, getting lost or anything like that. Do you have any any tips that you might impart? Um. Yeah, um, you know, you move from the roads to the trail. It's uh, it's it's a different game. Um, you know, fortunately, I kind of I grew I grew, my first running really was on trails. Uh, but wasn't on trails. I was at my grandma's uh, ranch out in uh, Beaumont Banning, California, uh, jumping over uh, uh, you know furrows. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's a whole different dance. Uh, you know, I mean, road running still has its, its place. It's a place you can really go out there and, and work on your, your, your technique, uh, work on your, work on your cadence, uh, trails. It's a, you've got, you're basically dealing with obstacles. You, uh, depending on your, your running form, you may have to, uh, make some alterations there. You got to pick up your feet. You know, stuff you're stepping over all the time, going around. It's uh, nothing to be scared of. It's just a, a little different challenge, and it's, I mean, it's good for you. Builds your agility. Uh, like I say, it's like a it's a little different dance, but it's a it's a good one because it keeps you mentally sharp as well. Uh, running on the trails, you just gotta uh, gotta pick up your feet um, and, uh, and and maintain that turnover. Very important. You know, if you, st if you start slowing down, you're turning over to step over stuff and you, you need to, things you need to work on. Uh, getting lost. Um, yeah, like one guy uh, told me a long time ago, he's, when I was I ran up in the San Jacinto Mountains, uh, <laughs> you ever get lost up here? And he said, no, I've never been lost, but I was confused for a couple of days exactly where I was at. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Um, I think uh, that, that was the beauty of spending all those years in Norway. I was, I was some, around some really tremendous outdoors people and uh, teaching all these things to look for. Make sure you keep yourself oriented all the time. Always watching your back trail. 
so you look, know what it looks like on the way back. Um, which side of the tree is the moss on? You know, that, all those things. Uh, how vegetation is growing and things you're looking for. So you're constantly oriented. I mean, it's not to say you can't uh, get a little, like my old friend in San Jacinto, get a little confused where you're at, but uh, at least you know how to, you know, you're not lost. You're just um, a little confused, but um, just, uh, you know, stay on some well-maintained trails. Uh, I would say for somebody who's thinking about moving to trail, I'd say stay on the Forest Service roads as much as possible at first, and then gradually move to the single tracks, you know, if that's a, uh, you know, a big concern. And um, maybe walk more. Slow down. I mean, that's uh, that's the beauty of getting on trails. You got you have to slow down. You know, some guys don't slow down much, but uh, yeah, you got to slow down a little bit. So, um, uh, you know, old terra firma comes up at, up at you awful fast if you uh, you know miss something. All right. Um, what about for those looking to you know potentially run their first ultra? Um, any uh, tips for for those folks? Enjoy the journey. Don't worry about your, don't, don't worry. Just make it to the finish line. That's uh, and, um, you know, practice all the things you're going to be doing out there. Know how often you should drink, you know, knowing how often, if you have to take in nutrition, how often do you have to do that? Get your routine down, you know, have that routine down and no, you know, like the old golden rule, you know, you don't use try anything new the day of the race. Uh, using the stuff that you know works for you, familiar with, so you're not fiddling around with a new with a new vest or a new pair of shoes. You know how they work. Uh, you're familiar with them. They're tried and proven, and so you're, you're instead of you don't have to focus on it. Automatic. You're out there to enjoy, enjoy the day, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the camaraderie. Uh, enjoy the beauty of the of the area you're in, and uh, I would say that's, that's the that's the biggest thing. And just, and just take it, you know, go out uh, like the old saying goes, you know, go out easy and throttle back. Uh, just uh, don't get too excited. None of those. You're not gonna. You're not gonna put in. You can lose lose a lot more time going out too fast than you're ever make. You know, going out fast. So. Uh, you want to make sure that you're 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 enjoying it just as much the last hour as you are the first hour. I know that's a tall order, but uh, that's that should be your goal. Cool. Uh, you've already given some some great tips as to what you've done, um, and uh, but um, anything any final tips you may have for uh, the um, the masters, you know that are that are listening, those that are you know forty plus fifty plus years old anything you want to add to that conversation yeah stay strong stay humble <laughs> very good eddie uh any tips for for motivation uh you know what are some things that that help keep you motivated um oh gosh uh i've got uh <laughs> I guess I guess several hundred of them living around me. I mean, this is if you're looking for motivation. I mean, this is the place to come. And there's so many uh, people involved in running, uh, cycling, you name it. I mean, there's all kinds of. I mean, looking for people who can motivate you. It's, it's everywhere you look. I mean, I, I love it. Um, and 
yeah, being able to enjoy this beautiful earth that God's created for us. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, we're in the middle of it. This is great. This is great. I mean, we've got the, maybe we don't have the, the 14ers here, but we've got some beautiful mountains and uh, just a, a tremendous uh, array of uh, vegetation and animals and birds. It's just, uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it reminds me a lot in some ways of Norway, but it's just, it's like, this is like uh, Scandinavia on steroids. Uh, the, the beauty of the mountains and the forest here. So it's, um, yeah, I love it here. And uh, that, to me, that's uh, that's all the motivation I need is, is to stay healthy and keep at it, be able to get out there and really, really enjoy it. You know, um, and, and a, a conversation that <laughs> a conversation that um, kind of ties in there. Um, I, you know, I've been coaching athletes that sometimes they they tend to lose their motivation. You know, uh, especially right now with. With COVID, you know, we've had race after race canceled, goal race after goal race, you know, and it's frustrating to say the least. Um, but, you know, if you could say, like, what's, uh, what are some words of wisdom that you might impart uh, to, to help people just kind of stay motivated, kind of stay on top of it, or even, you know, like how to get back to it? You know, like maybe you take a step back and then move forward. What, what's, uh, what's some thoughts you have on that? Uh, a myriad of thoughts, but it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, especially when you're just getting into it and starting to really, you know, feel, feel the benefits of uh, what you've built up for and then have the, uh, that, uh, stage, uh, where you want to go out and present what you, to yourself, nobody else, at least to yourself, what you can do and have that taken away from you. That, that's, that's a killer. Uh, it's, um, but, um, you know, you can, you can, um, you can measure, do your, you know, FKTs are real, you know, fastest known times of thing. Develop a FKT for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You're not going to do, um, shut in and 220, but so what, you know, if, um, do it. You know, get somebody to help you. Make a day out of it. Maybe take a couple of friends with you. Make your own event. Um, you know, I mean, it was certainly plenty of that. And in my youth, we just didn't we didn't have the events uh, and the schedule events like we have today. So I mean, we had to um, make it up ourselves sometimes. So I said a lot of it involved uh, getting some people together and uh, just going out and do it. And um, I would say, yeah, if a tank event's been taken away from you because of, uh, you know, restrictions and uh, one thing or another, then uh, uh, make one of yourself. I mean, you see these virtual events, that's kind of a same thing, except it's a little more organized. You pay a fee and, you know, you get a little uh, whoopee prize at the end, which is fun. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but yeah, if you've been preparing and then have it taken away, that's that's yeah, that's, that's a kick in the gut. There's no doubt about that. And I feel sorry for people who are in that. I, I can't imagine what it'd been like for me if, if uh, you know, um, well, I do. I can't. I can recall. Uh, you know, I was injured before the '68 Olympics, so I couldn't go. So, you know, it happens. Um, but you can um, you just. 
you know, uh, kind of shift your focus maybe from performance oriented to basically uh, to building yourself, building building your uh, your yourself physically, psychologically, and just exploring, uh, you know, continue to explore your own uh, uh, limitations and, and building on them, making yourself better. That's right. the best well, thing to come out of it because you've already done this, all this work. You certainly have learned a lot about yourself. Don't, don't throw it away just because somebody took the, took, the, took the day away from you. Build on it. Go. It goes back to what you said. You know, if you really, truly enjoyed the journey, then you can look back on what you just did and realize that you've had four or five months of, you know, enjoyment and you're missing one day. You know, it may be the summation of those five months, but if you divert that goal to something else, you know, if you have a backup plan, um, which is, you know, kind of what we've been doing with the, you know, with my team is just saying, have a backup, you know, like your, your race might not happen. So what are we going to do if that doesn't happen? You know, we put in all this training, you know, let's, let's make sure we have a B goal. Like, you know, let's go out and do something at distance. It may not be obviously the race that you wanted to do, but you know, we, we kind of had that culmination. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, if you've really enjoyed that journey, you have something to fall back on as well. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It's, it's funny. You know, even I talk about things that we've experienced when, uh, been running or cycling or whatever it was. And it, it, our fondest memories, interesting enough. Sure. You can think, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I, I remember when I won my first age group marathon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's special. But the big, the big memories, and you know, and yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, when you you pushed yourself so hard at an international event that you lost most of your your vision, um, yeah, you don't forget that. You try to, but you know, <laughs> you don't forget it. And all those things we're sharing, but the things that that are the most memorable uh, for me as a, from that era was. Um, uh, a run we had to a place uh, in the uh, San Gonia Mountains. So uh, the kid uh, up to a place called Dollar Lake, and uh, this hellacious storm settled in uh, during our hike run up to Dollar Lake to see if it was any ice, which there wasn't. But it was—I'll never forget that. It was—it was just so memorable, and it wasn't even—it was just a bunch of us getting together, you know, going to do a hike, run. You know, with a mask grind off, we were kicking each other's asses. You know, we were <laughs> having a great time. And, uh, you know, I, I came, got back down to the parking area. And my mom says, you know, are you okay? And I says, yeah, I'm great. This is awesome, you know. And I didn't realize it, but, uh, you know, back in the day when I had hair, I had a coating of ice over my entire head to build up in my hair. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. And uh, you know, things like that, it's just th- those, those kind of memories. Yeah, like I say, you can put the plaque on your wall, but those 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 kind of memories will stay with you, and uh, and those those things I I fall back on. I want to have more of those. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the hair thing, I can't do anything about that, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you just want it's just uh, it's just a, 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 that being special with your. You can do it by yourself, but it's nice if there's others there to enjoy it with. You know, enjoy the misery. With. Yeah, those are those are golden moments, golden yeah. events. The same can be said for even a DNF. You know, when you when you don't finish a, a goal event, there's 
there's so many takeaways, right? Both positive and negative. I mean, you can, you can look at, um, yeah, I didn't finish, but let's, let's look at the things that I did do and let's look at the, you know, the things that did work, um, and, you know, and got me to that point. Um, and those that didn't, and, you know, what can I change in the future to make sure that, that, that doesn't happen. So, you know, we could take some of those same principles and apply it to when, when we do do have an event and we don't finish, um, because, you know, I mean, it, it, and it could be beyond your control. Um, uh, you know, one, one story that I don't think I've ever shared on the, on the podcast, uh, we were, uh, in college and we were racing at Stanford, uh, which, uh, you know, any, any track fan knows that there's magic at that track for some reason, whatever it is, that track is so fast. Um, but we were racing to, uh, to try to qualify individually for, for NCAAs. And, um, I was in the steeplechase. Um, I think I've shared this story with you, Bart, but, um, I was 300 meters away from the finish line, uh, even less. And, um, I, I could have run, you know, about eight seconds slower than what I was averaging and still made the Olympic trials. Um, let alone NCAAs. I would have obviously qualified for NCAAs, but I also would have qualified for the Olympic trials. Um, I looked back for some reason to see where the next competitor was. And when I looked forward, the barrier was directly in front of me. If I had put my hands down, I would have been disqualified. So I jumped to the best I could, but my trail leg hit the barrier and my knee, you know, directly contusion into the, the barrier. I couldn't stand on it. I, I, I totally lost the ability to put any pressure on that leg. And I, I rolled to the side of the track and tried obviously to get up and keep going. But as I said, I, I couldn't put any, any pressure on that leg. Uh, I, you know, I was in pain obviously and frustrated at myself. Like that was my fault. I, you know, I, I, I take the blame for that one. Uh, you know, I, I had no business looking back. Uh, it was stupid on my part, but you know, after allowing myself to be frustrated for, for 24 hours, I, I looked at everything, like looked at what the potential was there 300 meters away of what I could have done. Now I didn't do it obviously, but it was there. My training had put me there. My team had put me there. I looked at all the experiences that had led up to that and the positivity that was around that. And I acknowledged that, yeah, I was, I could have done it that day. And you know, that makes me feel good about the fact that I was there and I was trying and I had the, the potential to do it. It just didn't happen. So like when we get into these events and something takes us out of it, take away as much as you can from the positives, um, you know, acknowledge the negatives, but uh, you know, move past it and, and, you know, grow. from it. You got to pick up the pieces and move on. Yeah. And I have a, I have a, a similar story. I didn't look back, but um, first, you know, first season in Norway, um, first big international event. The Russians were there. You know, this is during the Cold War, you know. And um, I get in the 3,000, first day of the, of the competition, I, I get paired with a, a Russian uh, fellow, 19 years old, same age. And... Um, you know, he made the national team, so he was obviously no slouch. Um, so um, we're 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 going we're 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 going nose to nose in the three thousand. I mean, we are, um, and we. I have a last dinner uh, on a. I don't know, familiar with. I think you're familiar with how international speed skating, but I you have an inner and outer track, 
And I've got in the last lap, I've got the, the last corner is going to be a last inner. And um, coming into the, uh, the uh, changeover uh, on the back straightaway, I'm right in this guy's back. So basically, theoretically, I got a 15 meter lead on him. All I got to do is get around that last corner and I've got him. But he's he's not happy that I'm passing him going into the corner. He's not thrilled about that at all. He can he's he's given a full engine, and um, but I I thought I've got him, and I don't know what happened. About two thirds away around the corner, I uh, clipped my um, outside boot and a skate and just kicked my skate out underneath me. Down I went. And uh, you know the thing was is that uh, you know the guy who was keeping track of my time. He, I was under the American record. So can you imagine that? I would have my first international competition. I'm going to beat a Russian and uh, set an American record, 3,000. You know, and dad, it was sweet. And all of a sudden, it's gone. And, um, but, you know, it, it was that initial gut-wrenching disappointment that, uh I wasn't going to let me, you know, I mean, nobody was going to, I had good teammates and nobody was going to let, let it uh, take away from what I had done. And even um, see the Russian uh, Soviet trainer at that time, uh, Kudrashev, he even told my coach, he says, that's a coming man. So that's the way they, the way they expressed it then, you know, he's, he's an up and comer, he's coming man. And, uh, you know, and when uh, Tenman told me that afterwards, I mean, that, that definitely lifted me a lot. But uh, to get the kind of acknowledgement from the top coaches in the world, but, um, you know, you just got to take the positive. I mean, it still didn't didn't replace the fact that I would have crossed the finish line, you know, with those two little golden <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. Uh, that's sport for you. And you just pick up the pieces and move on. And later that season, you know, I had uh, – Later that year, the following month, you know, I was in the World Championships, set an American record at 5,000. And in March, I was in Tolga, Norway, and set an American record for four or 3,000 meters. So, you know, they all came together. I didn't let it, didn't let it kill me, didn't let it take away what I'd done. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. You got to just pick it up and move on. And um, there's, there's still – to be able to be to that point where you're going to qualify for the team, you've got it. And yeah, okay. Something comes up and it gets route taken away from you, but um, yeah, you know, in your heart, you had it. You know? right. Yep. Yeah. It's it, and it doesn't have to be at international competition or qualifying for NCAAs or Olympic trials. You know, we we're trying to relate this to any event. So, you oh, know, if yeah. you're, any you know any of you listening uh you know and things don't go right you know don't don't beat yourself up it's uh no, nah, you know, that's what it, i mean you learn from it and uh you learn something about yourself and uh you, you might be a little surprised it might be a little ugly but uh you move you move past it you build yep. from it yeah you build yep. from it. You, yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let this i can see which way i can go here i'm not gonna let it take me down i'm just gonna go from here and go up so that all said, any any plans for you for 2021? Any goals for you? No mask. 
Yes, now, I don't wear my mask. I like to see them go away, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, everybody stay healthy. Just stay healthy and uh, get through this uh, this winter season. And we're in the cold and flu season. So everybody's, uh, you know, walk on eggshells, especially when you have a, as we both do, have a spouse in the health healthcare sector. You know, you're always worried about them. So um, now stay healthy. Say your prayers. Eat well. You know, it's, um, you know. Lord put us on our earth here for a reason. So let's discover what it is. Make the most of it. Absolutely. Um, and just uh, lastly, uh, if anybody has questions or wants to reach out and you feel comfortable with them doing so, is there a, a good way that they can find you? Social yeah, media? Facebook. Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Facebook. Yeah. Just, yeah. Have any questions? Yeah, shoot them. I'll shoot them my way. I'll be happy to help any way I can. We're having some tough times. Bring it on. We'll, we'll get, we'll get through it. Thank you, Bart. I, you know, I can't thank you enough for all your, uh, your mentorship towards me and, you know, everything you do for our community. Um, you know, as, as I, I'll say in the intro, Bart uh, has been instrumental in, in helping with Hellbender um, as well as uh, many other things throughout the community with the Run 8 Foundation. So thank you so much, Bart, for everything you do and, I certainly wish you and, and Eve a, a very Merry Christmas and uh, hopefully a very joyous New Year. <laughs> Same year and thank you. Thank you all I do for the community. Uh, you're, a, you're a great, you're a, you're a beacon. You're a beacon for all of us. Uh, love you, Aaron. Say hi to Beth. All guys, all you guys stay healthy and enjoy your Christmas and holidays. And Miles. Well, um, hey, Bart is beyond amazing, um, not only as a, an athlete, but as a human being. Um, I love him dearly, and uh, he's, you know, <laughs> just got so much that he can share. We finished uh, the conversation. I recorded this, um, you know, well after we recorded the conversation. And, um, you know, he texted me and was <laughs> he was already saying, you know, I, I really wish we could have expounded on this or touched on that and um you know it's it's another episode <laughs> that's the great thing uh you know we can continue our conversation um and uh and and talk more about you know more details and obviously he has a lot to share and i appreciate his time and uh willingness to come on um you know um he's he's been on other podcasts before and uh you can you know obviously google and and find other episodes where he's been on um he was on uh the um the uh um i'm trying to remember um it was it was a podcast on the um um uh, vespa i believe i think it's on vespa the um uh, nutritional product um kind of fat burning uh, I believe he was on that podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about that, because obviously, um, you know, Bart's super into that style of, of nutrition. So if you're if you're wanting to learn more about that, uh, you can you know Google that. Perhaps I will and and look for that in the show notes. Uh, if I can find that episode, I'll, I'll certainly link it. Um, but Bart is just a tremendous, tremendous man. So thank you, Bart. Um, 
so far as everything else that's going on here. Uh, obviously, we prepare for the holidays. Um, my son is finishing up his cross country season, um, having some problems with his Achilles. Uh, you know, I talked with Miriam um, Saloom, um, our resident physical therapist here at the podcast, uh, about the Achilles. Um, I can link that uh, also in the show notes. Um, but. Um, He's having some severs in his heel, which is causing him some pain. He's kind of hobbling after yesterday's race. Um, yesterday was his district meet. Um, his team and himself have qualified for a conference, which is next week. So uh, we're, we're getting a little time off here. You know, not much we can do between then and now other than uh, just let him uh, rest up, get healthy, and hopefully have a, a good final race of the season. Uh, we had planned on running the uh, Pilot Mountain Goat, the um, not this coming weekend when the the podcast released, but the following weekend, which would be um, December nineteenth. But obviously, with uh, how he's feeling, um, we're not going to go together. Um, I am leaning towards not going myself, just with uh, the you know the way uh, COVID is uh, is kind of ramping up here. Um, not that I don't trust the race, as I said, you know, in the previous episode, my my friends are race directing it. And they are taking good precautions, but I don't think I need to put um, my family um, at risk just with the travel to the race and being around other people right now. So I am going to um, most likely, um, unless something changed, uh, I'm going to not go and, and not race. Um, that's just my level of comfort and my preference. I know people are racing and we miss racing for sure, but you know, I, I, I'd rather be um, healthy uh, for the holidays and see my family. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'll probably hold off on that and wait. I am still signed up for the South mountains 50 K, um, in January, uh, looking forward to that training goes well. Um, we, uh, my, you know, my best friend, David Workman, who I, I do numerous ad- adventures and runs with, uh, we went to the Smokies again this past weekend and, and ran up Mount Sterling, which was absolutely beautiful. I, I posted a picture, uh, on my, uh, Instagram page of, uh, of the summit and the view we were treated to, uh, oh, man, Mount Sterling was just incredible. I had never been up there. There's a fire tower up there. Um, there was some snow, uh, and definitely some ice on the stairs. So we did not go up the fire tower, but just, a what a beautiful run, uh, you know, high, high peak in the, in the, uh, in the Smokies with just a gorgeous view. Uh, we came down into, uh, one of the watersheds and ran next to deep Creek, uh, just a fantastic, you know, adventure run. Um, you know, one of those runs that just kind of rejuvenates you and, and keeps you, uh, keeps you moving, keeps you, you know. Uh, motivated. Um, and speaking of which my, my, uh, newsletter should be finished this weekend. Um, which is, um, the, uh, the 12th and 13th, I should have a December newsletter out this weekend. So, um, if you, uh, if you're looking to receive the newsletter, you can go on to my website, mrrunningpains.com and, uh, all of my, uh, previous, um, newsletters are archived under the, uh, connect page as are the podcasts. So all of my previous podcasts and newsletters are linked under the contact page on mrrunningpains.com, as well as you can subscribe to the newsletter. So it drops in your inbox whenever I, I get it out. I usually get it out about mid-month. Um, and I, you know, I try to fill it with as much information as I can. 
um, you know, training. Uh, so some tips on training, some, some stories, some, um, nutritional tidbits, uh, recipes. Um, you know, uh, I do a, a song of the month. If I heard a good podcast, I'll, uh, I'll post it in there. Uh, if I make a new YouTube video, um, I'll, I'll post that as well. Um, working on a inclement weather video right now. So, you know, it's that time of year where, uh, you know, you may not have a treadmill, um, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's tough to get outside. You may have kids and you're just kind of stuck, uh, at the house and just looking to get something in. And, uh, I kind of came up with a little workout that you can do at home, um, and modify to your needs. It'll still give you a good, you know, kind of aerobic workout. Uh, so I'll probably post that here. Um, I'm, I'll probably get that up this, uh, this week as well. So my YouTube channel is, uh, under Aaron Saft and, um, you know, so stay tuned for that. Um, what else is going on? Um, chew. um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I've, I've started a new training phase. Uh, I'm, I'm into my, um, I'm working on, uh, my max VO2. So I'm doing shorter intervals right now. Um, you can follow me on Strava. I'm Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains on Strava. So if you want to follow me on there and see what I'm doing, ask questions by all means. Um, my coaching is extremely busy right now. I had a huge influx here within the past two weeks of athletes, which, uh, is tremendous. I'm, I'm, you know, so happy to onboard these athletes and, and get them going for their, uh, their 2021 goals. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, as we have people coming in and out, you can always reach out to me. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm full, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. And if you're looking for a coach, I may be able to, to direct you to somebody else that can, that can help at that capacity. Uh, but if I have space, I certainly will talk to you and see if I'm the right coach for you. Um, so, you know, good time to, to be thinking about that. If you're thinking about a coach, good time to reach out, uh, to, you know, start working towards those 2021 goals. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's never too early or, well, it can be too late. <laughs> so better get on the front side of things. Um, so reach out to me. Uh, my email is runningpains at gmail.com. You can also uh, connect with me through my website, mrrunningpains.com. There is a, a uh, connect or contact um, in there as well. Um, it's also in the show notes. So, um, you know, and you can also hit me up on the social media channels. I have the MR running pains coaching, uh, Facebook page, uh, as well as my personal page, uh, Aaron Saft and, uh, Instagram. I'm MR running pains as well. Um, you know, been doing a lot of, of pictures from, uh, from my runs and stuff like that on, uh, on social media. So, uh, maybe give you some new ideas of, of places you can run. We've been trying to, uh, explore a little bit more, um, right now in, in the winter where we might have a little bit more time on the weekends. So, uh, getting out to some new places and, and seeking out some new trails and, um, love connecting with people in those, uh, in those ways as well. Um, so yeah, um, I guess that's, that's about all I got for this week, guys. Um, as I said last week, I am connecting with um, a legend in, uh, in, in running in general, um, not only ultra running and trail running, but she's just uh, she, you know, a powerhouse. Uh, her PRs are just impressive across the board. Um, of course, I'm talking about Ann Riddle. Um, she, uh, gosh, she has done uh, a lot. So I look forward to our conversation. Um, I'll be recording that, um, later this week and, uh, and putting that out next week. So, uh, stay tuned for Ann's interview. 
And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, please uh, subscribe to the newsletter, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review if you like, uh, reach out if you want to hear from somebody special or hear a special topic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to just do episodes where I'm talking at you. I'm trying to, you know, gain some guests where we can learn some um, some things together. Uh, hopefully you learned from Bart. Um, I always do. I love hearing from Bart, even, even if it's just a reminder, you know, um, you know, that, that his, uh, his little reminder on the cadence that it really rang a bell in my head. I was like, Oh man, you know, he's right. Like my cadence really has slowed down. And so I've kind of, uh, you know, done a little bit of refocus after that conversation of, of making sure that, you know, my cadence is, is being picked back up where, you know, I'm not just kind of slogging. Um, so, uh, but you know, we have to be, we have to be careful, right? We have to, uh, have to make sure that our, our form is proper. I, I went and saw, uh, Miriam today, actually, as I record this, uh, I was having some, some, um, scapula behind my shoulder blade issues and, uh, it, it had to do with my posture and, uh, and you know, the way I was working, um, at my workstation. So, um, you know, I, it, it gave me a good reminder of, of my posture, not only when I'm running, but, uh, you know, when I'm working. So, uh, modified my stand up desk a little bit more. Um, so, you know, um, just, you know, all aspects of life, we have to be uh, well-rounded and make sure that, uh, we're, we're incorporating everything we need. So, um, if you guys have any questions or anything comes up, uh, comments, please do reach out. As I said, love to connect with you. I thank you for your time, uh, for, you know, for listening to the podcast, share it if you would, if you, uh, you know, feel that somebody could uh, take value from it or learn something from it. Um, and other than that, I hope everybody stays safe, um, and, uh, and gets to enjoy their running. Um, be careful out there and I will talk to you next week, folks.